Art and Bold Fit Podcast. Art and Bold Fit Podcast. Art and Bold Fit Podcast. Yo, we here. Episode 59 of the Art and BS Podcast. The podcast by artists for artists and art lovers. I am your host from the West Coast, James George. Let's get some housekeeping out the way, y'all. First off, let's give a shout out to the cats over on Apple Podcasts holding us down. Everybody who left a review, we appreciate you. You guys show some love. Leave a five-star rating and review. And if you really feel in the podcast, tell a friend. Cats over on Spotify, we see y'all holding it down. Keep it cracking. Listeners on the web, we appreciate you. Three niggas on Google holding it down. Stay six feet apart. Wash your hands. Ladies breaking hearts and breaking pockets. I see you. Keep it popping. We got some announcements, y'all. Still got books for sale. Hit that cat up over at me. Just, you know what I'm saying? Holler at me. Over at the Art and BS page. We got you on the books. Half price. But just as nice. Also, we got paintings on shirts on the Teespring. If you want that, Red Fox, you want that ice cream, you want that duck hunt, we got you. What else we got? We still got some paintings for sale. Kind of holding off because the Patreon's about to launch and we got some great content for you over on that. Lastly, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at Asp and Hand making that fine glassware for you. And if you're looking to step your art game up, holler at Nigel over at the Vatican Custom Framery. He got them tabernacles, them tondos, them casinos, them cassettes, everything you want. Tell them James sent you. Here we go, guys. Episode 59, I'm not going to hold you. It's about to get crazy. It's about to really, man, we're going to get into a movie, y'all. So hopefully you enjoy this. And uh, remember, hit us with that review. Hit us with that five star. If you feel in the podcast, tell a friend. And um, yeah, the Patreon is, is about to be lit. We got bonus segments in the bank, cooking, simmering, congealing. So it's, it's going to be congealed bonus segments. Enjoy this uh, episode 59, guys. Hopefully uh, you like it as much as uh, I like making it. Art and Bold Fit Podcast. Art and Bold Fit Podcast. Art and Bold Fit Podcast. Yo, we here for the first time. Episode 59. Who we got on the line? Godzilla, 3 BTM. Eel nigga alert. Eel nigga alert. Down here in, uh, down here in Oregon. Been in Oregon for uh, 10 years. Prison seven and a half. The Oregon State Hospital, 17 months. And I've been in a uh, a locked group home for about 13 months, but uh, yeah, I'm just I'm uh, I pled guilty except for insanity, so that I could get a good deal and get a lot of a lot of years shaved off my my uh, so I wouldn't have to go to prison. And uh, I was I was lucky enough to get to go to the hospital instead of continue in prison. And uh, so I'm just kind of trapped in Oregon right now. I got uh, I got about seven seven and a half years left of uh, this high intensity probation 
home. It's like a halfway house, but it's locked up. And like the doors, all the doors are locked. There's an alarm on the back fences in the backyard. Um, I, I get to go on passes by myself for four hours a day, twice a week. Mm. And I got to take a tracking device with me. Everywhere I go, I take a tracking device with me and I have to write out an itinerary of what I'm about to do, where I'm going. And then I just come home and get on the, get on the phone and just fuck around, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that's about it. Man, for now. Shit, shit, man. It's crazy how, how everything changed. Like, uh, and, and like where we're at now. So you want to go back? You want to like, you want to talk? Cause it, yeah, shit. I, it, young boys in the game putting work in. Yeah. Oh, like how, how I used to be. Like, yeah, man. Shit. Like, I don't know, man. I just, uh, I, I lived in, uh, Edmonds up in Edmonds up by Linwood and, uh, when I was like from 13 to 15 and uh, I wanted to, I wanted to start doing graffiti, but that's not really the place to be doing graffiti. And then uh, my mom just came out of nowhere and was like, we're moving, we're moving to Seattle. We moved to fucking uh, Magnolia. Mm. And that's just like the, the best spot to live you know, down by. We live not in the neighborhood of Magnolia, but like, close to the train track, you know, down by that train yard. Yeah. And it was just, it was just like the best place to start picking up on graffiti and, and seeing everything. And it was just, you know, it couldn't have been any better for me, you know, wanting to start doing graffiti at age 16. So what was your first right memory there. seeing graffiti? Well, my first memory. Yeah. Oh man. When I was like four years old, man, I, from age four years old, I knew I was going to do graffiti because I would see it on the freeway sometime and I would literally sit like with my feet to the side, like between the door and the seat with my feet stuck between the door and the seat sitting sideways waiting to see graffiti. Mm. And, I, and from that age, I knew I wanted to do it, you know? Right, right. So who were your well, uh, early influences? Like, do you remember, like, or no, like, not early influences. Who was killing back then? Oh, man, like, when I moved to Seattle, it, I, I actually lived in Seattle when I was, like, uh, from, like, age 8 to eight to 12. Okay. And, uh, I actually lived in uh, this neighborhood in Seattle called Ravenna, kind of by Utah. Mm-hmm. And I lived by the 20th Street Bridge at the park in Ravenna. Ooh. And um, there was a kid that lived like a block away from me, and he taught me everything about graffiti when I was 12. And he was like, this is how you do it. This is what, you know, bombing, uh, markers to use, all kinds of shit. He told me, told me how it's done, and that really kind of set. If I wouldn't have met that dude, Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have lived in that that area with those uh, the park and the bridges. Like those bridges were just getting painted like every every week, you know. Mm-hmm. So like that was like a big inspiration 
like that was, that played a big part in things, you know. And um, I don't know if you remember uh, Concepts on the Ave. Okay, okay. The, gra- the graffiti shop. Yep, that, uh, the yep, shop. I sure do, with yeah. The, the markers and the ink. Yeah, I think I got um, a magazine uh, Beautiful Decay from there or something. Or yeah. they had like... Or some some other magazine, maybe that was Tower Records that I got that one from. But yeah, yeah, I remember that though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I spent I spent thirty dollars to get a marsh, one of those metal marsh pens, <laughs> and then I filled it with the marsh, the red marsh ink, and it was like thirty bucks. And I bought that marker. That was like the first graffiti marker I ever bought. You know, investing uh, in the game. Yeah, and then when I was, then also when I was 12, I caught my first criminal case stealing markers from fucking university bookstore. Mm. Shout out and to my, university bookstore. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's a hot, that, that place is hot, you know, you can't really, I heard it's kind of hard to get your markers from there because the security is, is on point, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, I got caught there when I was 12 and that's when my mom knew. She knew that I was probably going to be doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's why she wanted to move me out of Seattle for a little while. Move up to, you know, Snohomish County, but... Yeah, but yeah, Concepts, man. Uh, Concepts was there, and fucking um, people that were killing it when I was 12 in like 2000, 2000, 2001 was like uh, Pyrat. Oh, shit. Like beehive saw, in saw, them, huh? I, yeah, I, I saw Rest in peace, Beehive. <laughs> yeah, like just those, those pie symbols on yep. everything was like, those were everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I first really like noticed a lot of as I, I stayed in the U district mostly because mm. I was too young to go too young to go downtown by myself or with uh, my friends or whatever. But uh, yeah, that that was there. And then then when I moved back when I was sixteen, I saw a lot of uh, FCK. A lot. And there was like I think FCK was like doing the the most. Mm. downtown is what I noticed FCK and like Cold Killer J-Dub fucking um, I don't know just, just a lot of those just thick slow um, Juan and then um, yeah man just that and then they changed it and then when I really started to write, they changed it to like EBT or whatever. Yeah, but and I remember they were, EBT. They were, push, they were pushing that hard for not 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 very long, but they were they were pushing that for a while, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, I was like that was when I was like sixteen. You know, I just had my BMX bike, and I'll ride my BMX bike mm-hmm. from Magnolia, from uh, Inner Bay Magnolia area. Um, on the bike path next to the train yard so I'd get to see all the freight parked on my way downtown before I hit downtown and I'd 
paint, paint for maybe a, an hour or two, and then ride back every every once in a while, you know. Maybe a, maybe a once a week, I'd mm-hmm. go downtown and paint. So, and these were the early days, right? Yeah, that was before I knew anybody. You know, I mean, I went to uh, I went to Roosevelt High School, mm-hmm. and there was some there were some writers there, and uh, they all they all seemed to think that I was like a toy, I was corny, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I painted way more than them. Mm-hmm. At the school, you know, what I mean, I painted. I, I was the only real writer at the school at the time, you know, that was actually like going out doing it, you know. So yeah, yeah. man, them young boys and, uh, putting in work. But I had, I was, I got caught. I ended up getting caught when I was sixteen in the park in Ravenna Park by a fucking um by uh some people that were, the parks department was painting over the wall. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the dude, like, acted cool and shit, and he was like, oh, what are you doing, man? And he, he was walking up towards me, he's like, oh, it's pretty cool, man. Looking good. And then he just grabbed me, right? And, like, bear hugged me. And he was this big dude, and there was nothing I could do. He just bear hugged me. And, uh, they called the cops, and I got a, I got my first felony case. I got that felony case, and then like a month later, I had Rod Harden, the the graffiti, the, the graffiti detective from Seattle, come pull me out of class. And this guy, like fucking, it was fucked up. He, he like he interviewed me without my mom there. Fuck that guy! That guy and, had uh, an obsession, a weird, freaky obsession, man. For graffiti writers. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he had me fucked up. Like, he had, he had all these pictures of my, of my graph. And, like, they were, like, 8 by 11, like, high quality, like, prints with, like, a nice camera. Damn. And he, he probably had, like, maybe, like, 10 or 15 prints. And then he had, he had a few uh, Polaroids that police officers had taken on the scene, you know, that from like different different uh, different calls that they got. And he fucking he showed me all this shit, and he was like, "Yeah, I got you, I got you in the act over at the Ravenna Park, and uh, I got people at this school that are telling on you," which was which was a lie. You know, mm. he said he had people telling on me, and uh, he said it was he made he made it sound like I was like I was fucked, like I was gonna get, I was gonna he was gonna hem me up for like everything, like all these photos, and uh, I was stupid, I didn't I didn't know any better, and all this shit, and he was like, look, I'll fucking, I'll drop all this shit right now, if you just admit to the the painting under the bridge. And so, without my mom there, I admitted to painting under the bridge, which was like, they had me, they had me pinned on that already. And he said, I'll just make everything go away and just 
sticky with the, the, the bridge, which was a felony. And, uh, yeah, man, I just pled, pled guilty to that. And then I had, it was fucked up because I had my back, it was in a wood shop class. And I had my, I left my backpack. It had like this notebook with all these drawings in it and shit that I had. Mm-hmm. And he, he pulled the backpack from the class and then they, they searched my backpack and they're looking through my notebook. And I had a, a picture that I drew of, of like, People like like I like just I wrote out quotes like I'm robbing Fred Myers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm robbing Fred Myers, like tagged out. Uh, you know, yeah, because like, we would just write I, out stupid shit, right? Yeah, write out stupid shit like Fred Myers is getting robbed. You know, I'm about to I'm about to shoot some cops. I think I said something about something about one of my teachers. In there, like I was gonna, like I was gonna fuck him up or something, something along the lines of that. Oh. And then uh, the the the, uh, the staff at the school, like the security of the school, like looked at that, and they just they just kicked me out of school. They kicked, I got kicked out of Roosevelt for that alone. Damn. And they said they said that I needed uh, to be evaluated by like a like a like a psychiatrist before I could return to school. And so like, I ended up missing finals my junior year. I missed my finals. And then, then I just gave up on high school altogether. That's you know, crazy. Gave up on it. Set up, man. Quit. Yeah. Yeah. I just quit. And then, uh, then I had like all the time in the world, like my my second semester, I wasn't in school. I had all that time, and I would just I would go downtown Seattle and just hit tags every day. You know, like it was like an, it was like an everyday thing. Like I would go, I would go hit up all the Fred Myers, mm-hmm. and I get I get a backpack full of paint, maybe like ten fifteen cans. And I was big on disposable cameras. I had like fifty disposable cameras. Wait, and can we point. take a second to give a quick shout out to disposable cameras? Oh yeah, yeah. Before, before digital, had to have them, you know. Yeah, but uh, anyways, I just, I just, uh, I was, I was boosting. That's when I started boosting too. Was when I got kicked out of high school. Mm. Just racking all like I was stockpiling. Uh, different pens like paint pens and mean streaks and paint I, at one point i had like 150 cans of full paint in my room like in my closet like stashed like i had it stashed in my floors my closet so my mom wouldn't find it and uh i was just doing shit like that and tagging like all, all throughout the day taking buses doing doing a lot of power stripes on buses Oh yeah, man! Doing power strides, you know, just because uh, yeah, you know, the buses like, you know, it was all on the buses. First half, fourth half, like man, them shits. Hey, I just remember seeing that shit, dude, and then you know being out with fucking him too, and it's like yo. 
Now was at now was all of that before that was all after, right? Like how far how where you're at in the storyline right now, how how close are we to that? How close are we to what? Like the the met the, the schizophrenia setting in or, or what? Like right. <laughs> Art and bullshit. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you mean? How far are we in? No, like, no, no. I'm like, I'm talking about when I'm like 16. Right, before right. Before I, I met Brie. Okay, okay, I was yeah, okay. Into right. it where, where I met all these kids on Brie that were like my age. You know what I mean? So I rode, I rode BMX, and I would go, I would go to the skate park, and that that was like sea skate uh, down by Seattle Center. Right Mm-hmm. to the skate park um, but I would go down there and ride my bike and I would I would like be, I would I would be bombing and I would come I would come stop by the skate park at like 3 in the morning and all these these old 3A dudes would be like at the skate park and they'd see me there sometimes you know and we would never we would never talk to each other or anything but I would look at these guys and I'd see them at the skate park. And then during the day when I went down there, I would see, I would see, uh, other 3A, like more like youngsters, kids and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just hung around the skate park so long that I got to know everybody at the skate park. And it was like this 3A, like spot, you know? And I got to meet all these three A dudes. You know, I met like Eager, the Sorrow. young knockout King Cram. Yeah, just Eager, Shout Eager out and to Sorrow were like, yeah, I met I met those guys first, and then I just started painting with them. Uh, right around the time I changed my word, you know, I, I wrote I wrote a different word, and then and then right around the time I changed my word, when I was like almost fifteen, when like right when I changed my word, I met all these three A dudes. And I started writing them, and I was like, you know, they gave me a lot of encouragement. You know, they they told me, they told me, you know, it's going to get better. You know, things are going to work out. And uh, I think like my June, my when when I would have been a junior, like that summer going into being a senior was like big for me you know like I, I would go paint with sorrow like every night that whole summer mm. you know i paint every fucking night with sorrow and uh we would we would a lot of a lot i got a lot of shit right still in like Sodo, georgetown all that area i'm sure i still got tags so we would we walk around there all night and get spots and Sorrow would sit there and talk to me all night. He talked a lot, and uh, he'd just tell me stories. Fucking, you know, we would we would talk a lot and paint at night. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, all that. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, man. Just it started like that, and I uh, got on three A. I started kicking it with all these dudes, and uh, I don't know. So about, about the time, 
about the time it was time to start senior year, my, my probation officer wanted me to go back. He wanted me to go back to school. So I went to fucking um, Nova. I tried to go to alternative school. And then I found out that that wasn't really a go. Like, I wasn't motivated to do that. So I just got my TV. You know, that was that was pretty easy. It's pretty easy to get your GD. It's kind of like a, at the time, it was like an eighth grade level testing type thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was a lot easier back then to get your GD. So I got that real quick. And uh, I had my probation officer off my back at that point, and I was free to just do whatever I wanted. I still lived at home, and it was just, it was like just time of my life, you know, just being able to go ride my bike all day, go to skate parks, fucking paint, smoke weed, drink. I started smoking weed around that time, and just, just get faded and just, and just kick it all day, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, around that time is when I just met everybody. Like, I met you, I met him too, I met I met basically every writer in Seattle, you know? It's weird how that happens, you know? I yeah. just meet everybody. But it's and, also uh, from being in the mix, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you like you kind of like are high when you meet other people. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. the circle is so small. It's always cool to just meet new people. Yeah. And back then, nobody nobody really beefed with each other. You know what I mean? I didn't really get those vibes that there was a lot of people that had problems with each other. Well, in those communities, they were. It was a lot of like. It's like cousins type of deal. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's hella love uh, between, you know, like there's the UPS guys, the 3A guys. There, It's all like everybody's like, hey, let's have beers. <laughs> and <Yeah>. do <laughs> Oh, my God. Art and Wolf Shit Podcast. Oh, man. Y'all niggas, man, boy. Okay. Anyway, get to yeah, the hey, story, man. Hey, when I when I met Slug, this guy was like, this guy was like, uh, who are you working for? <laughs> who, who are you working for? And he wouldn't shut up like that, like, for, like, just, mm-hmm. I don't know how long, but... Mm-hmm. He, the whole, the whole like few hours I kicked it with him, he said nothing to me other than "Who are you working for?" Yeah, we know what that was. You, kn- we know what was talking. <laughs> we know what was talking. <laughs> <laughs> was so funny, man. Yeah, and uh, oh, man. yeah. So, damn, man. Yeah, when I was like seventeen, it was mm-hmm. just good times, man. It was, it was kind of. Before before I had real bad schizophrenia and before I was on drugs and shit, you know, it was just a good time. I painted painted a lot. I would paint with the uh, Crux. I mm-hmm. started painting with Crux, and he would uh, we would go out every night, or not every night, but most nights we would go out, and he he was like he had like the most ups. In all of Seattle at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was killing. 
he had the best spots too. Like he just had, we would always go out and paint good spots. You know, he like, uh, like one night, me and him and Sorrow, we climbed this roof down by Pioneer Square and the building was burned out. And the roof, the in the middle of the roof, there was like a, like a hole in the roof and you could climb down into the, into the building and paint backwards on the windows. And it was like pitch black and it made no, I couldn't believe how Crux climbed into this building and painted backwards on the windows. But there was like a, a J-dub and a fucking cold killer on the inside of these windows. Mm. And it was crazy. And Crux would get spots like that more than anybody, you know, just good spots. And, uh, you know, we would just, we'd get really good spots back then. You know, and then, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was good times. And, uh, yeah, basically about, about, by the time I was like 18, it was like, it was like, I don't know, I was on drugs. I started using drugs and, uh, I stopped painting as much. I kind of fell off a little bit, but I was, I never really fell off, but I kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. And uh, like your focus but, uh, shifted. Yeah, it just it just I got a little bit spooked and paranoid, and I think that's when my mental illness really started to kick in. That's that's what was going on. I started to get symptoms of schizophrenia. You know, I I would I got delusional to the point where I thought people were following me all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was a real, it was a real thing in my head where I thought I was being followed by by a huge group of people, and I had no idea what was going on, really, you know. And when I was eighteen, that's what was going on, and I just, I was on drugs and shit, and I just had no idea what was going on. And I was, you know, staying at my girlfriend's house, and I'm eighteen, and I'm out the house, you know, and uh, I don't know. It was, it was pretty fucked up, but, uh, anyways, fast forward to, like, I'm closer to 19 now, and, uh, I quit using drugs, or at least hard drugs, you know what I mean? I quit all the harder drugs, and now I'm closer to 19, and I moved out to Lake City to live with a friend of mine, and, uh, I was kind of, I was kind of lazy, and uh, I wasn't really paying that much. But then fast forward to when he kicked me out of the house. <laughs> I got kicked out of that house. Damn. And then I'm like then I'm like nineteen and that's when I really started painting again. And it was like I, I took it real seriously and I painted a lot and I was homeless. Shit. And I literally stayed I literally stayed in a homeless shelter sometimes when I couldn't stay at like a homie's house. And uh, it was back when they had that QFC. You remember the QFC on Broadway? Yeah, yeah. The one with the spray paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would basically, I would go in there and, and just get paint like every day, and then paint at night. You know, I'd get, I'd get maybe just three cans, and kill those three cans. You know, every night in like Capitol Hill and downtown. And, uh, I don't know, man, it was just, it was nice. And then, uh, you know, 
I don't know, but anyways, I felt, I started to, uh, I quit using drugs, but I still felt that I was being followed. You know what I mean? I couldn't, I couldn't figure out who was following. Mm. You know what I mean? Like people were, I felt like I was being followed like all the time. And that some of, some of my friends, some of my homies were like, they were in on it. You know what I mean? Like they, they would show up to where I was at or we would, we would run into each other and I'd be like, this, this is like in my mind, I would think that it, it wasn't a coincidence. You know what I mean? Like they were, they were, they were planted there to meet up with me to like, even though these were your friends, right? Yeah, they were my friends. I knew they were my friends, but like, they would, like I would be on the bus and then they would get off the bus. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we kick it like I just ran into people a lot. Yeah, yeah, it just happened. And, uh, yeah, it just happens, you know. And then, uh, but yeah, I, I, but I quit at that point. I had quit using hard drugs, and so all these, all this, these thoughts of people following me, it seemed like it was real because because I was in my mind. I'm thinking, you know, I was just tweaking. And the drugs made me think that I was being followed, but all of a sudden I'm not using drugs, so I must not be, I must not be crazy. Maybe this is really going down. People are following me. Whoa. You know? Yeah, that's another level. And then level. it got, this is where it gets crazy, is where at this point when I'm like eight, 18, 19, they, they tear down Seascape, right? Mm-hmm. The skate, the, uh, Bill Gates, Pour down Seascape. And so I get this idea in my head that since Bill Gates tore down my skate park, that Bill Gates was funding all these people, like following me. You know oh, what I mean? Like, shit. like he was funding it. And like, like he's the mastermind. There was like, yeah, he, like he wasn't the mastermind, but he was, he was putting money. Oh, he was financing it. I'm sorry. He was financing it and and so so i don't know man so i'm like 19 and uh i started getting these ideas that that maybe maybe a movie is going to be made about my life mm-hmm. okay so i start thinking maybe um like some type of documentary or a movie like a like it's going to be it's going to be filmed with hidden cameras right oh, and shit. at this point at this point, I had already thought that that when I was racking and boosting, I thought that these people following me, uh, they they had accounts with the stores like Fred Meyer's, UFC, and all these stores like the malls and shit. The like, loss prevention. Like they no, that like they had like they were hip to me boosting or racking, and like. They had an account with Bill Gates, with the Bill Gates money, and it was paying for the shit that I was racking, and I wasn't even really racking. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like it was, it was like some some type of setup to where the the, the Bill Gates money was like funding my life. Ooh, hold on, real quick. You know what I mean? So, Wait, I gotta. Man, that's like that's another level. You just blew my brain, dude. Like, 
Check out the big brain on Brad. Yeah, I mean, it's, You're a smart it's really, That's right. it's pretty nuts to think about, but uh, that's what, that's what was going on. And uh, anyways, I started, I, I got this job that was like working with like, uh, like at-risk youth. And we would work in uh, the Arboretum, the Arboretum Park. And we would like, uh, it was stupid. It was like raking leaves and like doing landscaping. But it was like for like at-risk youth or something. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. quite know how I got the job, but like I think that uh, like a homeless shelter was like, you can get a job doing this. And anyways, I thought that all these kids at this fucking this job were like mind readers, right? I got this idea that they were reading my mind, right? They could hear my thoughts. Oh, shit. And that's when I started believing that people could hear my thoughts and that the people around me that were following me were reading my mind. And so I started thinking that my mind was being read and I would be around these people at this job mm-hmm. and I'd be like, I'd be telling them, look, I'm going to I'm gonna go rack this from, from here. I'm going to go rack that. I'm gonna paint this tonight, and uh, and this girl, she, we were like, we were like, in some like, like a greenhouse or something, and we we're talking about plants or something, and she started tagging, and the letters N E, on 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 like a piece of paper, and then she started drawing out N E, and then she would look at me, and like fucking give me this weird look and she kept writing N-E and I started thinking in my mind, I'm like, well, these people are trying to tell me I can have N-E things. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, right? And so <laughs> I started thinking, they're, they're trying to tell me I can have anything and it's like, I can boost anything. Like, these people are really going to follow me and pay for shit and that's when I started boosting like like other shit, you know, from like Nordstrom and Best Buy. Okay, so and, okay, so really like quick that. though, here's I have to ask you this: Were you telling anybody that you felt this way, or that you felt like you had the green light just to rack everything? Because usually when we racking, we just we racking for you know rack and return or like supplies or whatever whatever but like that's another level so did you say like to the homies or to your girl like this is what's happening no i never did that's the whole thing is i never i kept it to myself and i never i never opened up about any of this shit Mm. to anybody because my delusions were so strong in my head that they my friends or family they would just tell me that uh, that I was tripping, or mm-hmm. you know, because they didn't want to, they didn't want to let me in on the secret, you know, well, of whatever was going on. Okay, and also before we get further, I just kind of want to talk about like mental illness in the graffiti community, and like, do because we didn't really know what to look for. It was like we're a lot of. People who do graffiti are usually like kids who, you know, were rebelling and shit like that. So we don't, you know, know what to look for. But a lot of motherfuckers ended up having 
mental illness. So do you think it was a thing that was like super prominent in our, in, in our two generations of graffiti, two to three generations, like, and it wasn't just diagnosed and then later on as people got older, or do you think it's just the symptoms got worse and then people start getting diagnosed? Um, I don't know. I just, I started, I started doing crazier and crazier shit as it went on longer and longer of, of like, the longer I went without catching serious criminal charges, mm-hmm. the more I believed in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I would, I would just rack or I would do like a crazy burglary or I would just paint a, a crazy spot or, uh, like I would just be racking something nuts and like the longer I was doing shit like that and I didn't get caught, the more I believed in the delusion. You know what I mean? But I don't, I don't think anybody that I knew really was really that ill, you know what I'm saying? Or had anything close to what I had going on. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't think well, as far as like schizophrenia, that that's like another level. Cause you know, one of the, one of the, uh, I know another writer who was diagnosed with that and it, yeah, definitely that shit, but it wasn't like, like you was off the chain with it. <laughs> You was off the chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, man. But you know, like, him too, he he had some fucking shit going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was that was kind of like after after I went away, though. Oh, you know yeah, yeah, mean? yeah. So here, I'm sorry, that I'm getting like, way uh, ahead. So let's get back to, like... So, like, so, yeah, so after, the, after the, this girl wrote... Ne on the piece of paper and was trying to like tag Ne and look give me weird looks and shit and I'm thinking it's, it's anything time and you know I'm 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 getting starting to get North Face coats a lot you know Vortex coats shit like that yeah. and uh, shortly after that shortly after I I thought it was the anything thing going on that's when I really believed that. I was going to make some type of movie, you know, that there was some type of movie going to be made and it was really going on. And I thought that it would be best. I thought that the homies were trying to tell me, because a lot of these dudes that I knew had gone to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I thought that it was like good. It was like I had to go film it in San Francisco, like like a real city that, had a good scene and, and was just was grilled and shit and it would be good for a movie so I just basically took the bus down there I caught I caught the I had like I think I left and went to, went to San Francisco on the Greyhound with like $250 in my pocket and uh, I don't know the bus the bus stopped somewhere in like Salem on I five, and I bought a, I, I racked a bottle of Nyquil, oh, and I drank shit. a full bottle of Nyquil, 
and I woke up in I woke up in Chico, California. Art and bullshit podcast. And uh, I don't know, man. Anyways, I ended up getting to San Francisco, and I uh, I linked with Gusto. Ooh. I linked with Gusto and uh, and Braddock, and uh, Braddock put me on. Braddock, uh, he put me on to a lot of spots and stuff. And uh, I don't know, man. I was just down there racking and painting and basically filming a movie in my mind. Like, I was basically down there filming a movie. And um, I don't know, man. Just, it was crazy. I, uh, I ended up basically just, I went to jail a lot. I, I, I went to jail, like, twice when I was down there. I did my first my first stretch in jail, which was like seventy six days for painting a spot in Bristol. And um, once I got to jail, I got in a bunch of fights, right? Because uh, a lot of fighting going in, going on in eight fifty Bryant the jail down there. And um, that's when that's when I when I when I got in so many fights in jail, like in the whole to where they moved me to administrative segregation because I was such a problem. So I got my own cell, and that's when I started to watch TV a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And I started watching TV, and I started receiving messages through the television. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I thought that I thought that the TV was, like, fake. Like, it was, like, my own, my own TV... And that the the television was like all fake, like every everything on the TV was either fake or was like full of messages that were meant for me, you know, to like motivate me or to let me know that I need to keep doing what I'm doing, you know. And uh, that first jail stretch, I fucking. I fucking got in a fight with this kid, and he, like, boxed and shit, right? Mm-hmm. And so we started, he, he tried to take my fucking, he tried to take, he tried to tell me he was going to take the cake off of my tray, and he was trying to punk me out of my cake in the hole, and we got in a fight. He ended up winning, right? So, mm-hmm. so he won the fight. I didn't, I didn't back down. I was ready to fight. I fought immediately, but um, I lost the fight. I was like, damn, I better start, I better start doing some push-ups, you know? Because mm-hmm. I've seen all these people, everybody in jail does push-ups, so I started doing push-ups. That's when I, I first uh, started working out, and uh, that really changed my life right there with uh, doing push-ups. That's when I first started doing that, and it was so funny to this old man, when we're in the hole, we're in a six-man cell with a toilet that flushes twice every two hours, and it was just nasty. And it, you know, it was it was nasty fucking part of jail. And this old man took my my top ramen seasoning packet, and he fucking I I found out he took it, and then uh. And, and so, like, everybody in the cell, they're like, what are you going to do about it, Sam? And I'm sorry, Zeb. What are you going to edit that out? What are you going to do about it, Zeb? And fucking, they were like, 
And so I, I ate his cake. I ate this guy's cake. And then he came back, and then we fought. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know why I said that, but that's just one one thing that happened. That we got to fight. And, it's uh, the battle for that's respect. Kind of off topic. That's kind of off topic. I don't know why I said that, but, but uh, just things like that happen all the time. You know, these little fights over stupid uh, shit. Yeah, man. And uh, anyways, man, but I got out of jail and I start painting some more paintings and uh, I seen I seen an office building that was open like with a window open and I fucking I climbed in this office building and uh, there was people working in the office building that day I got arrested and then uh, I did another 40 days in jail got out and, uh, okay, so wait, the, they were working in the office building when you got in there? They were working in the office building. And like, I, ended up, I was in the office building and I was like fucking, there was like beer in the fridge of the office building. <laughs> oh shit, and I free drank, beer. I drank, I drank a couple beers, had a slice of cakes, and then like, there was two, it was a big office building and I could hear two people in it. But it was a it was like a Friday or a Saturday night, and uh, after I drank these beers, I got real tired, and um, I locked myself in one of the offices, and I fucking woke up to the, to the sound of the, the alarm of the building, right? And uh, so I get up and I come out of the office, and I see a police dog coming. And it, 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 like, they had their guns on me. They were like, freeze, don't move, and all this shit. And the dog is, like, running towards me. And then it's, like, jumping. It's jumping at me to come bite me. And it bit me in my armpit. You know what I mean? It oh, bit shit. me in the armpit. I had to go to the hospital. Uh, the bite wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. But it bit me in the armpit. And then uh, I got like commercial burglary, and uh, yeah, man, it was just they gave me like forty days. Did another forty days, got out. Then uh, basically, basically kept painting, painting a lot, boosting, making money. Um, I had a sense. I was making a lot of money, not a lot of money, but I was getting, you know, half price on the on whatever I was whatever I was returning to the dude. Mm-hmm. And then uh then I met up with Answer one day. I met up with this guy Answer mm-hmm. and I went I went to his uh his motel room and I come in his motel room and he's sitting he's sitting in a in a in a camping chair, right? In the motel room has fucking a bunk bed, bunk bed with no sheets or blankets, but with plastic wrap over the mattresses. And and answer is sitting sitting in his camping chair smoking crack. And he's like he's like, what's up, Zeb? And and we're kicking it in this motel room. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I 
I, I ended up getting high as fuck. And uh, Answer disappeared. He left the motel room, and he disappeared. Then I fucking... Then I just stayed in the, in the hotel room till the motel room until they were like it was time to check out. Uh-huh. And then I left. I left the motel room, and uh, I was just out of my mind at this point, you know. So answer just me. left you in the motel he and just, never came left. back. Yeah, that was that was the last time I saw him in San Francisco. Rest in peace, answer. By the way. Yeah, and uh, so I leave this motel room, and I'm just out of my mind, and uh, I'm just wandering around the Tenderloin, and there's a, a restaurant with a valet, and um, they got cars that are with the keys running in the ignition, right? And these cars are like running with the, with the driver's side door open, with the keys in, in the ignition running. And I, there, I've seen a car, like a, like a, uh, like a Saturn, right? Uh-huh. And I hopped in and locked the door real quick. And the, and the valet was like banging on the window as I'm taking off. And I'm thinking, man, this is so good for my fucking movie right now, you know? <laughs> like, like this is like, like I've been doing all this shit for this movie, and this is like, this is really good for the movie right now. You're like this shit. Like, I'm filthy. <laughs> yeah. So like, and by the way, I'm wearing, I'm wearing uh, slacks. I'm wearing slacks with the crease in them. A pair of a pair of half cabs, Vans half cabs. A pair of a pair of slacks with the crease in them, like dress pants, you know. And a lime green, a lime green polo shirt, like polo brand, like from, from like, from the department store, right? Right, right, Ralph. We best. And I got, Ralph. I got long hair. I got long shoulder length hair, and it's real curly and shit. And I just look weird, you know. And uh, and uh, fuck, I just I drove that car, and um. I, I just I I drove it aimlessly right, and I got mm. on the freeway, and I wanted to go to Oakland right, so I I take the freeway to, to Oakland. I cross the Bay Bridge, go to Oakland, and I'm trying to exit the freeway, but I have semi trucks on each side of me, and in front of me and behind me, and they literally were like boxing me in on the freeway. <laughs> Oh my and, god! You start freaking like, out. I, I start freaking. I'm like, what the hell, right? And and by the way, I had really bad body odor because because I had been you know smoking crack in some motel room for like days for like a day Our and a half. And um and I couldn't find. There was no buttons for the to roll the windows down, right? Mm-hmm. There was no buttons to roll the windows down. And uh, it was just weird. And these, these trucks boxed me in, and so I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go to San Jose." So I, I get I get close to San Jose, and I'm in a there's like a uh, like a suburb of San Jose called called Milpitas. Yep, and yep. It's just north north of San Jose, and 
and the, the engine started knocking right because I was running out of gas. Ooh. I was running out of I ran out of gas on the freeway, and so I had to take an exit. And I get off the exit, and uh, I take like a folding chair out of the truck. Like, like I get off this exit, and I literally like, like park the car off the exit, like in the middle of the street. I just left the car in the middle of the street and walk like 50 feet to underneath this bridge, like an overpass, <laughs> like underneath this bridge with this fold-up chair, and I took a nap. <laughs> so I took this nap, and I'm sleeping for like three hours, and I'm just still wearing these weird clothes and shit. And, um... Looking and anyways, like a Seattle like, cat. <laughs> yeah, it's looking weird. And, uh... And I just get, I just get all these crazy ideas. Like I need to, I need to, I need to carjack somebody. I need to steal another car for this movie so I can get back to San Francisco and keep filming this movie, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I go to, I go to a, a Walgreens, and this is like the dumbest thing I'd ever done in my life. I still think it's the dumbest thing I've ever done, but. I decided I was going to carjack somebody. But it was going to be like a setup, right? Like they were going to, they were going to, like they were going to show me a car, like a car that one of my friends or relatives had. And it was going to be, it was going to be somewhere like, it was just going to look really obvious to me, right? And that it was going to be the setup. And they were going to give me a car. Like this is, at this point, I'm, I'm as crazy as I've ever been, craziest I've ever been in my life, and I'm just I'm severely mentally ill, and I'm in the uh, Cisco Systems parking lot. I don't know if you know what Cisco Systems yeah, is, but it's like yeah, a tech, a tech company, and I see a BMW X8, brand new, and this guy is like by himself in the parking lot. And a friend of mine actually drove a BMW X8, exact same color, exact same model. He got like just it looked exactly the same as his his car. And so I approached the I approached the dude, and he's at the door. And I and I'm thinking that there's like cameras in like the bushes on the car, and they're gonna film me like taking this guy's keys. And I go up to him. I'm like, give me your, give me your keys or something. Like, give me your fucking keys with the knife out. And he was like so quick to just scream and run when he seen me with the knife that I couldn't chase him or do like I was like that was stupid, you know? Or like obviously that that was not gonna happen or something. Mm-hmm. And so I run and I ran to like a, a, a light rail stop and I was showing at the light rail waiting for the light rail and then I got arrested and uh, charged with uh, basically uh, attempted robbery. I ended up getting mental health court and I did like eight months. But during those eight months, I, uh, I had a problem with one of the, one of the sheriffs in there. He, uh, he ended up not giving me my, my commissary sheet on time. And I missed my commissary, so I was like, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll take off on the school, right? Mm-hmm. 
I was like, I was like, I'm gonna take off on the top. It's gonna be good for the movie. It's gonna add add action to the movie. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna punch the top of the face, right? But I try, I tried to I punched the top of the face. Um, and he fucking like basically he he like he bobbed he like bobbed his head because he seen the punch coming, and I punched the side of his face a little bit. And then they came in and beat me, like, pretty good, you know? Like, they they had me on my stomach, and they had this big dude on top of me, obviously lifted weight, you know, 6'6", six, six, you know, 200 pounds, weight-lifting dude, and he just fucking was pounding me into the ground, like, my head, the back of my head, you know? And uh, that didn't go over too well, and I got... A 16-month prison sentence in California for uh, assault on a police officer, and it it had 50% good time. So I did eight eight months on top of the eight months, but I had to do it all in county jail, right? Shit. Because, uh, because for some reason I just I just had to do it all in county jail because mm-hmm. it took my court took so long to where I just ended up doing it in county jail. Okay. And uh, I was in the hole, like, the whole time. And, like, there was nothing to do. It was fucked up. Um, I was doing a lot of push-ups. I hit a lot of push-ups. I was on swole. I started to get on swole. And I got out and I was on swole. So that was good. But, uh, well, like it was probably the county... Because of the uh, the mental instability or something, that's kind of what I would think. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Yeah, but I, I got barely, out. Huh? Go for it. Yeah, I, I got out, and I'm in now. I'm in San Jose, and basically, I'm just in San Jose, and I'm still thinking that fools are following me, and. They're still trying to make, like, I didn't think that they were trying to make a movie anymore. Like, I wasn't trying to, like, film a movie anymore, but I didn't, I didn't even know what was going on. And I had a lot of questions, and I still hadn't talked to anybody about any mental illness or anything. And uh, it was pretty boring. I was trying to find work, couldn't get a job. And uh, the parole office was like, they like they kept telling me to come back to the parole office every two weeks to get assigned a parole officer, and I never got one. And um, I said, fuck it, and I, I just moved back to Seattle. And um, I don't know, man, I just was in Seattle and started painting again. I was out for like two months. I was out for like two months, and I get up to Seattle, I start painting again, and then I'm painting an abandoned an abandoned apartment building on Capitol Hill, and fucking I got I got arrested for for that, and I had warrants. And it was bullshit. I had to do like two months in county jail for misdemeanors, and then when I was in county jail, I fucking I had like a like a, a moment of clarity in county jail to where I knew I wanted to be sober mm. the rest of my life. 
because in those two months that I was out, I was drinking and smoking weed. Uh-huh. And I felt that that impaired my judgment and led me to get arrested. You know, and so I was like, fuck it, I want to uh, make a change. So I did my two months and I got out to Seattle. And that was the summer of 2010, the fucking, the legendary summer. Mm. You heard about the summer, right? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the summer. This was this all bullshit leading up to the summer, to the real movie, to the fucking, when I really was filming a movie. So like you was dialed stuff. in, though. Like, like you would stop drinking, you stopped smoking, you was like, you stopped fucking around, and you was really dialed in on this graph shit, huh? Yeah, like, I, I, I decided that I wanted to, I wanted to, to like, do the most <sighs> in one summer in history. You know, I, I wanted to really make, become a legend. I wanted to, I wanted to finish making this movie that I thought was being made. And I thought that I had, it was maybe it was a TV show. I don't know what it was, but um, I just really wanted to like do something that, that had never been done before. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got out and I was staying at my mom's house. And I started, I started, I went out one night, the first night, and I, I took her car out and, uh, and painted, and I was getting these, these really good spots. Like, I I did this spot down in Pioneer Square up in Plywood, where I took the can, and I ran with the can, you know what I'm saying? And I did, like, a tag, and each letter was, like, 30 feet wide and like eight feet tall, seven feet tall, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and just, I don't know. I don't know if you ever seen that, but I did like a really big tag. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just got some good, I got some good. I wasn't there during night. that time though. You weren't there. Okay. But I, I got some good spots one night in my mom's car. And, um, then I was like, man, I should really do this. So I started fucking, started painting real heavy and I'd I'd be out every night and I'd just walk around downtown and I'd go through about, I don't know, 10 to 15 cans every night, just downtown doing tags and outlines, just maybe one or two fillings, but just tags and outlines. And it was fucking, it was ruthless. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I don't know if you know what what like twelve cans of just tags and outlines looks like, but that's a lot. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about it because with one you can get, but like to what she is, man, you get crazy. Yeah, you get a lot. So I just did. I started doing that, and I fucking. I was doing that, and I'm still filming shit for the movie, right? So one mm-hmm. night, one night I was on Capitol Hill, and they were having like a, a block party by uh, by the Cha Cha or something. Oh I don't shit, know the Cha Cha! Yeah, it was right outside the Cha Cha. Shout out to the Cha Cha, man, boy, Cha Cha niggas used to get it lit. Okay, continue. Yeah. 
And so I'm outside the chop shop with this one dude I know, and he's he's smoking a blunt with these three guys, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm just standing there, right? And um, one of the dudes that's smoking a blunt, he says some he he says some homosexual shit to me, right? Mm -hmm. But like like something about something gay, right? Like he said something like he was going to do something to me or something like that. And I was like, what the fuck? Right. And, and I had a crowbar in my, you know, my waistband. I had this crowbar in my waistband and a fucking, a, you know, the window punches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a window punch in my pocket. Right. And I'm, I'm looking at this dude and I was like, I'm thinking, what, what, what should I do to this guy? Right. And I, I was like, I was like, I'll let him smoke the entire blunt and I'm going to hit him in the face with a crowbar. So so I let him smoke the blunt and I pulled the crowbar out and I cracked him in his face, like probably chipped his teeth. I don't know if it, it was like, it wasn't a really heavy crowbar, but I cracked him in his teeth, right? And uh, and anyways, then then this fool, this fool Danner, I don't know if you know Danner, but, uh, you Danner know what he like, said? We know mutual people. I don't think I've met him. But this guy Danner came out of nowhere and was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" Him and him and Pars were right there, and they 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 approached like the dude. The dude ran off after I hit him in the face with the crowbar, <laughs> and and Danner and Pars were like, "What are you doing? What are you like?" They were trying to like they were trying to like confront me but like bring attention to me they were being upstanding arrested. civilians yeah they were like they were like trying to like get me arrested or something right mm -hmm. and i and uh i would i would come up on these fools with my crowbar i'd like start running after them but they would run really fast away from me <laughs> you know Art and, and, and i was like fuck dude and i Anyways, I just decided to run out of there because it was just too hot, you know. Like I just hit the dude in the face with crowbar, and I'm thinking in my head like, "Ooh, that's a, that's a good scene for the movie." You know, I really did good, and uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be really good for the movie, right? And I get out of there and I go, I do my thing and I paint and I fucking do some smash and grabs and fucking do crazy shit all night painting. And uh, I think two nights later, Katsu uh, Katsu and One Plus One Equals Three had an art gallery event. They had an art gallery event, and I go to it, and uh, I see Danner there, right? And it's this full Danner is there, and I'm like, I'm thinking, what should I do? Well, I have the window punch in my pocket, and I see Danner there. And I'm like, I'm going to wait till this fool goes outside and I'm going to stab the shit out of him with this window punch. Poor Danner. Poor, poor. Danner oh, can never catch a break. And Fuck. So, anyway, so I see, so see Danner like leaving the art gallery, right? And he goes down out of one and one exit he goes down one exit and i leave the back of the building and i go run all the way around the block and all the way back around to him 
and I've seen him taking a piss, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to get him while he's taking a piss, right? But I, but when I see him taking a piss, I was like, I'm about to stab him in the neck with this window punch. Oh shit! And so and it's it's like it's it's a really small little it's like a big nail, you know, and it's only like two inches, right? It's only like two inches, and it's like a thick nail or something. Like a little poker, right? Yeah, I'm with you. We and here. Think, and so I'm just Art thinking, I'm just podcast. thinking, like I'm gonna film this. Like they got like they must have like hidden cameras somewhere, or like they're gonna like the documentary. Or like the movie, you're, gonna, you're not thinking this guy's gonna die. <laughs> like he's not. He's not gonna die. They're gonna have an ambulance waiting for him. Something bad happens. Like, Holy shit! Holy so shit! Like, so he walks. He walks away from taking a piss, and I'm kind of following close by. And he goes and he stands in front of one plus one equals three. He's standing in front of him, and I'm thinking, oh, this is the perfect time. They got they got these uh like one plus one equals three. His his wheelchair, it must have a camera on it. You know what I mean? He must be filming it. So I, I came up from behind and I stabbed his former neck with the, with the window punch and blood started squirting out of his neck. Like it was like squirt, squirt, squirt. And he put his hand on his neck and he was like, he looked at me like, what the fuck? And then I, I looked at him and then I was like, man, I'm, I'm getting out. Like, I just wanted to like scare the guy or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just wanted to just like look you just fucking tried to tell on me the other night and I was trying to scare him or something you know I just fucked with him and uh so I ran off and that was that was the end of that you know and uh I stabbed that bull in the neck with a window punch for a movie that I thought was going to be made it's like and, Danner uh, can never catch a break every fucking story I hear about that nigga damn like yeah. Yeah. Well, but yeah, man. I did that. Um, I was I was at the fucking um, back then everybody uh, four local had just come out right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And everybody okay. was drinking four local, and I went I went to the the, the four local spot because downtown they can't sell four local because the malt liquor. There's too much. There's too much alcohol in it. So there's a there's a there's a mini mart that's at the bottom of Capitol Hill. So I went up there to go go rack some some uh, four loco for this kid, right? And he was going to give me the money, and I was going to go get the four loco. So I went I went in there once and got him four loco, and then he wanted me to go back in there. And the first time I went in there, they knew I racked for local. Like the dude working there knew I sold the for local, right? Right. But he didn't say nothing. And then I go back in there again, and I and I put I put a for local in my pants. I belt line it, and he's like, the worker's like, "Hey, come back, come back here." And he follows me outside the door, and he reaches for my crotch, right? And so I just start lighting him up. I'm punching this dude, right? I, I just lit him up and was punching him and shit and just beating him up and he fucking and then this native dude just like broke it up. He like he like he like tried he like tackled us both or something and then went to the ground 
and then I ran off. But like that, that was like a big scene for the movie too. Was like, was like racking the four loco and then fighting with the fucking door putter outside the store. And then they put like you know how the mini mart will put a picture of you on the on the door or the window. Yeah. They put a screenshot on the door of, of me and all this shit. And um, just, just things like that were happening all the time throughout that month while I was painting. Just things like that, little things that were like action scenes for this movie that was going to come out. You know, and um, or like a story, they were going to make a story out of it or something like that, you know. And uh, so I, that's just that's just one thing that happened. And then uh, anyway, so a, a few weeks have passed now at this point, and um, I basically uh, this dude's coming in here real quick, Colin. But anyways, I fucking anyways what happened? So three weeks passed, and I I got the whole downtown crushed. And I'm crushing downtown all night, every night for like three weeks. And it's 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 like you can't go down any block, any side of the street without seeing five death bags or like two or three outlines. You know, and especially in like Belltown, shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then the news, the news started doing stories on me. Oh, shit. I don't know, I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah, I was out of town. I was in California at the time. Yeah, the news, every channel, every single news channel started doing stories about me every day for like an entire week. And um, How did that feel? That's like what I was trying to achieve, you know? That was like, I felt like that was like giving me what I wanted. You know, it was cool. You know, I felt like that was like giving me what I wanted, and uh, it was it was awesome. You know? But uh, anyways, I'm staying at I'm staying at a family member's house, um, outside the city, and the news the news fucking they found out who I was like. The thing with the news was they said it was a group of people that was writing them. They couldn't believe one person could paint so much. Mm. So they said they said Zeb was a gang of people. They couldn't even they, they couldn't even believe one person was doing it. Although. They they even arrested two other people who they thought was was me. You know they thought they thought. These, these two kids were me were part of what I was doing and um but anyways I'm, I'm on the news a few times like every channel and then I got popped I got popped in uh, down by Pike uh, Place Market I was doing it I, I was starting out a fresh can in a doorway and I, I, I spray like a couple dots on a door and I see a cop out of the corner of my eye approaching me. So I put the can in my bag and I walked away. And this cop came up on me 
and, and pulled me over and I ended up getting arrested and I did like a night in jail and then I got out because they had no evidence. Right. But, but, but after that, like the next day, the, the new news story, they showed my bug trial. And they're like, this is the guy that's been doing it. He's behind all this shit. And then, and then somehow they found out the news found one of the news channels found out where I was staying at my family member's house, and they they came and fucking like knocked on the door, and my uh, my family they didn't answer the door, they ignored it, and they stayed out there so long they waited till a couple of my family members went to like the, their car, and they like filmed them. They were like asking my dad questions. They're like, where, where is so-and-so? They're saying my name. They're like, where is he? And my dad was like, oh, he's been in Spokane the past two weeks. Uh, he's, he's in Spokane. He's not, I haven't seen him. And um, anyways, that happened. And uh, I ended up never seeing myself on the news, but I was hearing from all my friends. They were like, man, you're, you're on the news all this shit, and I was like, man, and I, I ended up never seeing it. But anyway, I fucking, like, after after the news had confronted my, outside my family's house, I went back there the next day, and uh, my family member was like, yeah, you were, the news was here, and uh, it was all bad, and they're really looking for you. So then I decided I was going to go down to Portland, and so I, I, I had like 500, five, 600 bucks in my pocket. So I went to Portland on the Greyhound with like a duffel bag with like 40 cans of paint. And then that was it and like 600 bucks. And uh, go down there, do my thing, paint harder than anybody ever. And uh, I'm down there painting. And uh, I don't know, man, just paint shit and uh I was staying in the motel shit like that and uh basically I was downtown painting on my my fourth night there with the with the intention of going back to Seattle because my money had ran out and um a fucking bike uh, a bicycle security guard seen me getting a tag on on like a planter box in downtown Portland and I had this, I had this big metal drill bit, right? Like for drilling holes in concrete. Right. I had it in my a masonry bit. It, I had a, I had a, a drill bit in my backpack, and I was like, should I just? I'm thinking, should I just light this guy up right now with this, this drill bit? But then I stopped myself. I was like, no, that'd be a horrible idea, because he just seen me doing the tag, and he's gonna know, and they're gonna know, and they're gonna get me, and I'm gonna be fucked. So I'm, I'm like trying to run from the security guard, and he's on a he's on a walkie-talkie and a cell phone at the same time, calling the police. And, and I'm trying to run with like 12 cans of paint in my backpack. I'm running, and I probably ran for like five minutes, and I get to the waterfront downtown Portland, and I see a taxi cab on the corner at a stoplight, and so I see the taxi cab. And I go to the passenger's rear passenger side door and I open it up and I step halfway into the cab 
and the driver, like the security guard, stopped, like got kind of in front of the cab and was like, stop, he's citizen's arrest or some type of shit like that. He's like, he's under arrest or whatever, right? Right, and right. Fucking, I'm like, I'm like halfway in this taxi cab and he, he guns it, right? And it's like a crown base, like a cop car. Like a taxi cab is basically a decommissioned cop car. So they're fast, you know? So yep. He punches it right and lights them up like burn rubber smoke and everything. And he's like, he guns it right. He's like, wow. And I'm like holding up, standing off the fucking, the, the, like in, like with my feet, like in the, in the car, holding on to the, the top of the car as he's doing a fucking U-turn in the middle of the intersection, like gunning it. And then he gets to where he's facing like Northwest, right? Uh-huh. And he fucking, I get, he like puts it in neutral and looks back at me. And when he said, he said when he looked back at me, I gave him a threatening, a threatening stare. Like I looked menacing or threatening. And so by this time I'm in the car, he looks at me and he just puts it in neutral and jumps out of the car. Like, I don't know what he was trying to do to get out of the cab. So when he got out of the cab, it's in neutral. I jumped in the front seat and I took the cab. Wait, this nigga Bell, he jumps, he abandoned ship. Hold up, hold up. (laughs) Okay, continue. He he jumped out, and I'm trying to get the car in gear and, like, put it in drive. And he's, like, holding my backpack. He's holding me by my backpack. And I get it in drive, and, like, I don't know if he fell over when I took off, but, like, he, he... he was like trying to run with the car when it was in neutral and I was trying to get it in gear. And so I got third degree robbery for taking the, taking, stealing something by force. So I stole the taxi cab and I drive it down the street and I go like seven miles and it's a fucking, it's like a fucking dead end, right? Like seven or eight, maybe 10 miles. Mm hmm down this dead-end industrial street road. And uh, and the whole time, I think I'm filming a movie, right? And, like, I just filmed, like, this action scene for this movie, and there's cameras in the car, right? So I'm, like, saying shit to the camera while I'm in the car. Like, weird, little weird shit, like, like, what do you, what do you guys think I should do next? Like, what am I going to do now? You know, like, should I, should I drive back to Seattle? And I'm saying weird shit like that, right? I'm just saying weird shit. And uh, so I get to this dead end, right, of this, of this, like, industrial road, like, down in, like, an industrial park. And I turn around. And when I come out of this dead end, I see the cop right there. And I drive by in the deep. I'm like I'm not even I'm not even trying to look at this cop as he drives by me because I don't want to look suspicious, right? Right. But he just knew, and I knew it was over. And uh, he flipped his lights on me and turned around on me, and I just stopped it. I went, I accelerated, I just pedal to the metal, 
as best as I can. And I'm doing like, I get up to like a hundred in like seven seconds. And I'm doing a hundred down this industrial street and I hit train tracks that go across the road and I jump the car. I literally jumped train tracks going a hundred and my head hit the ceiling in the, in the taxi cab and I almost lost control as I accelerated to 130 and on the street you're almost supposed to be going about 30 miles an hour and so real quick I was already back into downtown Portland and I took this, this, this exit off the street to take one of the bridges over the river so I could like extend the chase so I could like get out of there and fucking be gone or whatever mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm doing 90 on an on ramp that you're only supposed to probably be doing 25 on and I fucking I skid I like I rub against the fucking curve of the on ramp doing 90 and it's just like you can just hear the metal hitting and it's like fucking scraping and shit and 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 I'm slamming on the brakes and so I I I skid across the fucking the on ramp and then I hit head in head on into the side of the bridge but it was a low speed impact so the airbag didn't go off and I got out and I started running and I ran like I was so far ahead of the cops at this point that they were nowhere. They weren't even around me, you know? Like, they, they, I didn't even see any cops. I could hear their sirens mm-hmm. when I was running, but I ran probably like four or five blocks, and I ran by this homeless person, right, on the street, and uh, I get I get halfway down the block from this homeless person, and I see him swagging. I look back, and he's swagging down the cop. Oh, shit. He down the cop and told me, pointed pointed them in my direction and then I was I was trying to run down one street and they came from one side of the block and then they, they pinned me on the other side of the block and then they had their guns out and they're like get on the ground you know hands up on the ground and then they got on top of me and were handcuffing me and they were like you were you were just in a car accident are, are you okay do you need to go to the hospital and I'm just denying the fact that I was even involved in a car accident and that they had fucking hurt my back really badly. I was like, nah, but you just fucked up my back and I need to go to the hospital. And my my plan was to escape from the hospital. Like, I was like, man, I'm really about to just escape from the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. So they fucking take me to the hospital and they, they take my pants and my shoes off for some reason. Like, they had to, like, examine my whole body because I was just in a car accident. Right. And they fucking, they, uh, I'm handcuffed to the bed. And I'm like, all right, I'm about to go use the bathroom. And I'm about to hop out the window in the bathroom, right? I'm like, something like that is about to happen or I'm about to just run. And the fucking cop un- uncuffed me and was like, if you try and run, I will tase you. And I'm, I'm just walking like around, like outside the room and like 30 feet down the hall to the bathroom mm-hmm. in my 
time to run. And I get in the bathroom and there's no window to jump out of. And I just, I knew it was all over. You know what I mean? Damn. It was all over. And I, and then when I get to jail, I'm thinking that I had just filmed the ending to the movie. You know what I mean? Like, and they're going to release me any day now. And so I had this mindset that I, I'm going to be released at any moment. You know? Like, like I was really going to get released. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be over, and they were going to come out with a TV show or a movie or right. a documentary, and I was going to be rich. Shit, you was the and next Jim Carrey. Yeah, and by the way, there there actually was a camera in the taxi cab. There was a hidden camera in the taxi cab. And when I got to jail and I saw my police report, they had three, like, bills of me in the taxi cab. And so that that made me think even more that a movie was being made, you know? Because they really had the footage. And, like, I really thought that there was some movie or some weird shit. And I think I'm getting out, like, every day. I end up going to prison. I'm in prison my second my second day in prison. I stabbed somebody in the neck with a pencil. And um it was like I thought I thought I had to like film something for the movie or I had to do something crazy and I was gonna get out. So I stabbed this guy in the neck with a pencil. It didn't really do anything. I started punching him with I was like kinda of fighting and uh I ended up going to the hole, and I go to the hole and fucking, I don't know, man, I did, I ended up doing 19 months in the hole for stabbing this guy in the neck with a pencil, and they gave me, they gave me uh, forced medication because of it. They started forcing uh, anti, or uh, antipsychotic medication shots on me, and, uh, I don't know, man. I just, I did not like that at all. Mm. They were doing that in prison. It was pretty fucked. Like, I would be in the hole, and they'd be like, all, all right, it's time for your shot, right? Time for your injection. And I would, I would be like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to cuff up. I'm not going to take the injection. And they would have to put on all their body armor and their shield and come at me with the base. And they would like fucking, they would threaten to mace me and come beat me up, and then I would just be like, you know, like, all right, you know, I, I wasted enough of your time, and I got you to suit up and fucking do all that stupid shit, so I'll, I'll take the medication now, but, you know, I went through that for like a year and a half, and um, I forgot to say, when I was in jail in Portland, I broke a guy's foot when I was at the mental hospital. And that's how I got all, I guess how I got all my time because I broke this guy's foot. You know, I, I fucking, I went to the, I went to the Oregon State Hospital for uh, a, a mental health evaluation. And uh, once again, I think I'm filming a movie. Mm-hmm. I got to do something crazy for the movie. And so I fucking started, I fucking threw a pitcher of water on my attorney I flipped the table over, and then the the fucking 
the staff from the hospital came and they uh, they rushed me and so I started fighting with him and he tripped and he broke his foot and I ended up getting 73 months of no good time for breaking this guy's foot. Damn. So I ended up getting 26 months with 30% good time for a graffiti indictment, stealing a car, going on a high-speed chase, and then I got 73 months for breaking some guy's foot just randomly, like, on accident. And I ended up getting 92 months in prison altogether. I got 92 months with my good time, 92 months. And uh, so, yeah, I'm in prison. My first my first year and a half in prison, I'm in the hole. It's all bad. I'm hitting hell with push-ups. I'm doing, I'm doing, you know, six, seven hundred push-ups in a half an hour every other day for a while there. Getting, getting on full. I got veins in my shoulders, my arms, and my chest. Bulging out, you know. I'm really getting it. And, uh, by this time, it's like 2013, and I'm on general population. And, uh, there's a, I started, I kind of, my mental illness kind of went away, right? Like I started to kind of have question that, question that a movie was being made about my life, right? I started having doubt. Now, were you still on medication? Were they still giving you medication yeah, I was at this on, point? I was on, I was on those injections, right? Because mm. they couldn't get me to take pills. So I'm on these injections. I've been in prison for like, you know, two and a half years. And I'm on the general population, and I'm starting to question and have doubts that a movie was ever being filmed, or maybe I was just crazy. But then one day, you know, we have cable television. We have cable televisions in our cells, right? Like a flat screen at the foot of our bed with like cable and everything. And uh, I drank, I drank fucking a lot of coffee. And I started, I started having symptoms of mental illness again, like really bad, like out of nowhere. And uh, I, I thought that people were trying to communicate me through the, communicate with me through the television. No, when you like, say a lot of coffee, how much is a lot of coffee? Uh, probably the equivalent of like thirty cups, like powdered coffee, like instant coffee, but like you know, it makes thirty cups. So. And how long? How long did you did it take you to consume? Oh, just that? like one night, just one oh, night. Oh, you was on one. You was zooted. Yeah. So I, I <laughs> nigga, your up. heart was about to explode. <laughs> yeah. So I stayed up. I stayed up all night, and uh, I was like all fucking hyped up, and uh, I was starting to think once again that it was time for me to end the movie. Like they were just gonna let me go if I just do something crazy again. And so I'm starting to think that it's about time for me to go again. And uh, I'm lifting weights at like 7 in the morning after I did sleep all night. And then I get back to my cell, and I'm, I'm watching TV, but I can't focus on anything right. So I start watching the, uh, the, the Spanish channel. And the Spanish channel had like, uh, like bloopers and like, like fail videos, like people crashing on bicycles and 
they're showing like all these extreme sports fails, right? People crashing, and they showed they showed a video of like a like a mount, like mountboarding. You know what I'm talking about? Like mountboarding. Right, right. Like where you're going down the mar like a snowboard, but down the mountain, right? Yeah, and they showed it, and they had like a mega ramp, right? And like it was like one of those mega ramps, like a big like. 30, 40 foot jump, right? Mm -hmm. And they had this dude go down like a drop in, like dropped in down this huge thing and jumped it backwards. He jumped the jump backwards and went straight to his face all the way to the sidebox, right? And I'm watching this shit and I'm like, damn. And they kept replaying it over and over for like five or six, seven minutes. And at that point, I thought that by them, by them playing that on TV, that the TV was like playing special shit that was made just for me to like let me know that shit was fake, that everything was fake on the television. You know, like it's hard to explain, but I thought that the Bill Gates money and all this, this movie shit going on. I thought that it was going on again and that by them playing that for me, it was like like a like a like a cue for me to take to like do something crazy. It's kinda of, it's really weird shit, but I don't know I don't know, I was just out of my mind, right? <laughs> yeah, so I'm picking that, it up. Yeah, I'm 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 picking up that, what you're putting that, down. That kinda of like that what that one thing that I watched on T V was like I was like, damn, it's on now. That was like, a I catalyst. Saw the, next, saw the the mountain boarding fucking, and they showed it for like seven minutes, the same clip, like rewind it and show it and play it and rewind it and show it slow motion and show it for like way too long. Like they were trying to let me know that the TV was fake. And so like, I'm just in my cell tripping, right? And I'm like, I got to do something to somebody, right? I got to fuck somebody up that's, like, really bad, you know? And uh, there was a fucking, there was a child molester on our unit. And this fucking child molester had two days left on his sentence. And I was like, damn, maybe I got, maybe I got to take this guy out. I started thinking, maybe I should take this guy out. And it'll look like, I'm doing something good with my time in prison. You know what I mean? For like this, this, whatever this entertainment shit is, it'll like look good. You know, like I'll just, I'll really fuck this guy up real bad. And he was like, he was at least like six foot seven, really big dude. And, and they called him Big Bird. They called him Big Bird and he was a child molester. Damn. And so like, I'm like, fuck, and he, he carried a cane, right? He carried a cane, and I was like, I came up with this idea like 10 minutes before rest time that I was going to take his cane and bash his face in with it. And and my reasoning behind him doing this was that the money from the Bill Gates shit was going to pay for this dude to get like reconstructive surgery on his face and he was gonna take a bunch of he was gonna he was gonna get paid to do it and it was like he would like the prosecutor wasn't gonna do anything like like you know how like like a rich person can get away with something because they have money? Yeah. 
Like so you felt like Bill fine. Gates was helping, about to help this dude out? Not help him out, but like prevent, maybe help him out, or like, I didn't think they were really going to help him out because he's a child molester. Right. At the same time that he was going to pay off the prosecutor, and maybe he was going to like not press charges or something, you know? Mm. So like, I came out of my cell, and I came out my basketball shorts, right? And that's how people knew something was going on because I'm in my basketball shorts and it's like March. And I, I ran up in this dude's cell and I started punching him. He was some, some random ass dude that I wanted to get, that I always wanted to beat up, right? And I was like, I'll beat him up and then I'll come out and I'll hit the dude with the cane, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm punching this dude on his, he's like laying in his bunk. And I go and I start, I, I start punching him. He's covering his face and I'm giving him body shots and punching him. And like the doors to the unit are all open, right? So like the doors stay open for five minutes and then they close. So I ran into dude cell and I'm punching him for a couple minutes. He just curled up in a ball, like not trying to fight. And I come out of the cell and then a friend of mine was like, like, Sam, are you okay? Or, you know, we got to edit that out. But, mm. like, he's like, like, yo, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And fucking, I see the, the child molester talking to the cop, right? He's talking to the cop. And I'm thinking, okay, he, the cop is green lighting everything. I'm thinking the, the cop is green lighting the whole thing, right? Right. Like he's getting everything ready to go, and I'm going to hit him with the cane. So the child molester sits down. I walk, I approach him, and I grab his cane, and I hit him while he sits down. And I hit him in the face between his nose and his upper lip, his nose, his upper lip, and split all the way across his face real bad. I hit Whoa. him initially like that. I swung the cane like a baseball bat, and I crushed his face. And then he hit the ground, and I was I was hitting him. I hit him on the ground probably like five or six times, and his nose and his nose was bleeding real bad. And then I just stopped. I was like, dude, if I if I do anything more to this dude, it's gonna be really bad. You know, I've already fucked him up. Probably broke his nose. He's gonna have stitches in his face. You know, a bunch of stitches in his face, and uh. Anyways, I just stopped like real quick. I'm like, damn, I just fucked this guy up. Anything more would be like attempted murder. Right, right. You know, I don't, I don't want to overdo it. You know, I, I'm thinking I can't just overdo it. You know, and so I fucking cuff up. They take me to the hole, and and by me doing all this shit, I'm thinking I'm gonna get relief. I'm doing this shit so I can get relief in my mind. I'm like, I'm about to get relief. I just filmed an ending to a movie like I've been trying to film this movie. And so they take me to the hole and uh, I'm like, damn, they still want more out of me, right? I'm still not done filming the movie. And so I'm chained to a wall with one arm to a wall and I'm in my underwear and they're like searching me. And then they do the shit where they're like, you get fully naked and then you bend over and cough, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. like an see see inside you or whatever and uh 
they had a camera in their hand and they had just taken pictures of my knuckles. And I thought, I thought that they were taking pictures of me when I was naked, right? I was facing the wall. And so I was real mad. And when they, when I seen them take with the camera, I took my free hand and I smashed the camera, their camera. And then they, they proceeded to punch me. They had me on the ground and punching me and shit. And, uh, fuck, I get to go. I get, it's just fucked up, dude. It was fucked. And, uh, I go to the hole and then I did, I ended up getting 32 months in the hole for that whole thing. Shit. I ended up doing 32 months. It was all bad, man. It was fucked. And, so uh, then, well, I was curious. After that, then you went back to general population. Yeah, after the thirty-two months, I did. Yeah, yeah. But I, I ended up getting new criminal charges for hitting the guy with the cane, right? And I ended up taking a deal for ten years in the Oregon State Hospital. You know, so, I mean, I fucking went, I just did the rest of my time, uh, fucking went to the hospital. And, uh, I mean, here I am now, really, you know, but, uh, so at what point did you realize that it wasn't a movie? Oh man, like, so I got, I got out of the hole after the 32 months and the whole time I was in the hole, I would call my friends and, and family and I'd call them and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to buy you a car. I'm going to buy you a van. I'm getting 20 million. We're going to travel the globe. Uh, you know, you're going to be at the movie premiere. You know, I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to go to, uh, the Oscars and uh yeah yeah we're going to the Oscars and I'm gonna have movie billboards and uh all this crazy shit I would tell I would talk on the phone I'd talk all this crazy shit on the phone for like years after I did that with the cane it was just weird you know I just was nuts and uh every 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 Friday, I thought I was going to get released when I was in the hole. I was like, I'm getting out. I would tell the therapist, I'd be like, yeah, I'm getting out next Friday. You know what I mean? It was weird. It was really fucking weird. And uh, after I hit the dude with the cane, like six, I don't know, maybe a year into that, that hole shot, I was diagnosed with schizophrenia for the first time, you know, and, uh, I mean, I don't know, I just got on, I got on new medication, I was on, uh, I started taking, uh, Klontin, mm-hmm. I started taking Klontin, yep. and I would take, uh, one milligram in the afternoon and two milligrams at night, and, uh, that made my time a lot easier, because, because, uh, every night it would be like I was getting high. 
because I don't, I don't know if he's taking two milligrams of Klonopin, but it, it makes him feel pretty good. You know? Well, you know what? They was that one. I really never messed with that. Some of the homies, I know they was off them pins back in the day. I that was never really. You know, I like something I can twist up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, man. I just took Klonopin, did my time. Worked out, played handball, basketball, softball. Did my time. I fucking, I ended up going to uh, Oregon State Hospital, which is a uh, mental hospital from prison. Like I got a break from prison to go to the hospital to go live there for a few months, so that they could evaluate me to see if I was uh, gonna go there or not. And I ended up, uh, I ended up meeting the criteria. To go to go to the hospital when I was done with my time, you know, like they were trying to give me an additional seven, six or seven years in prison on top of my my seven and a half, and I was able to plead uh, insanity and go to the hospital, you know. So I mean, I really, I really uh, got lucky with that, you know. But that's the old, I, I explained it to the doctors. I was like, look, this is the whole reason I did what I did. And they're like, yeah, that, that makes no sense. Uh, you, you don't deserve to be in prison for something like that. If it was a mental health, it was due to a mental health condition. So they just showed me love, you know, and I, I got to go to the hospital. And it's, it's just nice in the hospital, you know. Um, Nice man, I, I got to go to the hospital and uh, the food is good. You wear all your own clothes, so you can you can you can wear a fucking tuxedo every single day if you want to when you're in the hospital. You can wear a fucking tuxedo. You can wear overalls. You can wear Jordans. You can wear fucking Versace shades. Whatever the fuck you want. Okay. Okay. So, like, I was dressed in my own clothes. Um, I ended up, after, like, six months, I was in my own room with a uh, computer with the internet connection. And uh, I had a job washing dishes, making $900 a month. And, like, I, I was supposed to be in prison for that, you know? And I'm, I'm in the hospital making money, uh, going on field trips to Walmart, to restaurants. Um, eating good food, like pretty decent food and shit. You know, it was nice. It was just way better in prison. And then, uh, so my sentence was 10 years and I got out of the hospital in 17 months, so I did really good. And I got out and fucking here I am now. I'm in a, uh, I'm in a facility down in Oregon, and it's like I get I get field trips to leave the facility, but I'm still like locked up. I'm still locked in the facility, you know. Right. Shit, man. Yo, I don't know what to say, man. I mean, it came out kind of fucking. 
I don't know, man. I mean, it's a long ass story. So, you know, a few a few questions that I have looking through this. And really, I think I really want to... Okay, let's get to the questions really quick. So, like, looking back, what would you say were, like, what was, like, the good, the bad, and the ugly from all of that stuff? Like, do you feel like, like, from the whole graffiti, if you could take and sum, sum sum that time up into like actually you know what fuck that here's what i really want to ask you are you ready yeah who had the best verse on beer versus weed me or him too damn it's, i can't even, i can't remember to tell you the truth <laughs> but i i said weed over alcohol our, 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 our and bullshit podcast oh man good shit i think i don't like to drink Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think drinking just causes problems. Yeah, man, it definitely, that shit's fucking, it'll lead you to uh, to a place that you probably, you know, yeah, man, just roll some up. But, hey, smoke it if you got it, drink it if you got it, you know it's really good. So, hey, Zeb, you want to plug those shirts or, like, what's, what's cracking? Oh, yeah, if you, if you want to buy a shirt. Go to bigcartel.bigtimebobs.com. Buy a shirt. It's the uh, it's the scene. It's the chase scene from the. Uh, it's a picture. It's a picture of uh, me in a taxi cab being chased by two cop cars. And uh, I don't know, man. There's red graffiti in the background on all the buildings. Uh, white shirt. Black and black print. Uh, the taxi cab is yellow and the, the lights are uh, red blue. But it's a good shirt. Uh, 45 bucks with shipping. It's on uh, www.bigcartel.bigtimemops.com. And uh, you'll know, get one. Yeah, shit, I'm about to cop. Uh, now, do you got any shout outs you want to give? Damn. Shout out to uh, my mom for holding me down, putting book money on my books, uh, visiting me throughout the whole time. Shout out to my crew for uh, staying in contact with me the whole time I was locked up, being supportive, sending me letters of encouragement. Um, yeah, man, I, I wish, I don't know, man. It's, it's good. I don't know. If I'm bad at this, man. I feel like I'm yes, bad at this. Yes, yes. So many people, right? Right? It's all good. It's all I love. I feel like man. I'm bad at, like, speaking. But hopefully I was able to uh, tell some stories and, uh, you know, let everybody know what happened a little bit. I left a lot of shit out. And, uh, As you, you know, should. Right? You can't, you can't give it all to them. No. You you got some heat for a Patreon bonus segment? Yeah, sure. Okay. I got it. Yeah, yeah, y'all. You hear it. So if you guys like that, we got some, some heat coming in. So, yes, it will be in the bank. Check it out. 
bigcartel.bigtimemops.com. Get those shirts, man. So uh, with that. Art and bold shit podcast. You could be in, <laughs> about to lead these motherfuckers on out of this episode, man. That's what I'm about to do. All right. <laughs> you could be anywhere on the internet, but you're here with us and we appreciate that. Catch us again next week. Same BS time, same BS channel. Once again, this some shit we just thought of y'all. Scientific fiction did not that's not admissible in no court of law. <laughs> Got the voice distortion. All right, yeah, man. You can't can't fuck with me. Man, we on it, right? Clyde Smith up in the building. Zeb Rock, one ski. Put some respect on the the man's name. Yo, we out of here like Vladimir James Drilts over and out. Peace. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art, 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 Art and Bullshit Podcast.